absolutely amazing passage of scripture. And uh, do yourself a favor and just read through it every now and then uh, so that you can be reminded of what God's word has to say about this amazing thing that happened to us. And that is for us as sinners to be saved. This miracle that has taken place where God has taken us from death and he has given us life. And that life obviously is in his son. Now this morning, uh, last week I said to you we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 this morning. So that's what we are going to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And this is what that verse says. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just that verse. But, wow, what a verse. I'm just going to wait for the children to come in and then we can close our eyes in a word of prayer. Let me say this before we continue. I hope that we are all aware of the fact that we are created for a purpose. Or we have been created for a purpose. God didn't just create human beings and then said, okay, I'm going to leave you on this earth and I'm going to go away and I'm going to watch you from a distance. That's not what God did. When God created, let's say mankind, when God created the human race, he created them so that they would glorify him. Actually, all of creation is supposed to glorify God. So, so we can say to one another, and we can say to the world, if you want to do or you want to live out your creation purpose, it would be to glorify God in everything that we do. But for us as believers, what God has done is He has taken dead sinners and brought them to life. And he has done that for a purpose. So we have our creation purpose, and that is for us to glorify God and obviously to enjoy him for eternity. But then we also have our purpose for being believers. Why God took a sinner and gave that sinner the gift of eternal life? Why God saved that sinner is for a purpose. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. All right, so each one of us who are here this morning, whether you are saved or not, if you're not saved, your purpose is to glorify God. And if you are saved, your purpose is to glorify God and to fulfill His purpose and His plan for your life. Because He has given a purpose to each one of us. Were saved. Now, the greatest way that God's creation, especially believers, uh, people, the, the greatest way that be, uh, people can glorify God is to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Place their trust, their full trust in Christ and in Him alone. That's the greatest way to glorify God, is to embrace the Messiah. To embrace Christ, to embrace who He is, to embrace what He has done for us, 
But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us about believers. Before we continue, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you this morning knowing that you have created us for a purpose. And Father, thank you so much that we can fulfill that purpose because we are alive. Even though sinners are dead in their trespasses and sins, they're still alive and they can still glorify you. And us who are believers, Father, thank you so much that we can glorify you even through what we do. We can please you. I pray, Father, this morning that you'll open up this verse so that we may be edified and enable me as your servant to teach your people. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's very interesting that uh, things like chronic illness, cancer, you know, the trials that we go through in life, and we all have our trials that we go through, suffering, those kind of things, that these things normally makes us question God's purpose for our life. Have you noticed that? Whenever we go through these tough times in life, we start questioning, God, what are you doing? Do you really have a purpose for my life? Is this what I'm supposed to be experiencing, just going through this, this pain and suffering and, and all these things that I'm experiencing? It can't be. So a verse like this is an amazing verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Let me just read it again. For we are his workmanship. And now Paul is speaking to the believers. Huh? We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And if you go back to verse 8 and 9, it's clear that we are not saved by good works. Huh? So that we cannot walk around and boast about our own salvation and boast that we are capable of saving ourselves right so good works can never ever save anyone but you will always see that good works will follow the life of a believer it will be visible in the life of a believer. Good works will always accompany the life of a believer. Now the word workmanship literally means a thing of his making. That's who we are. We are a thing of his making. His handiwork. God is the one who recreates us uh, into this new creation. This new person that is being changed constantly into the image and likeness of Christ. Absolutely amazing. So we are God's handiwork. We are His workmanship. Beloved, think about this for a moment. If we walk around criticizing, uh, breaking down God's people, we are breaking His workmanship we are trying to destroy what he has made his handiwork and i believe that's why scripture is so clear the new testament is so clear that we should love one another not destroy one another we should love one another to such an extent that we give input into one another's lives and edify one another 
rather than breaking one another down, gossiping behind one another's back, that kind of thing. We are His workmanship and we shouldn't forget that. Beloved end, there's going to be a day of judgment where God will judge each and every person who has done anything to one of His children. Because if they've done it to them, they've done it to Him. If God's children are persecuted, it's as good as they are persecuting Christ. If they torture God's people, it is as if God is being tortured. Because we are His handiwork. We are His making. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6, uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, we read, Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. It just basically means that the work that God has started, this handy work, this workmanship that God started in each one of his children, he will complete that work. And beloved, you know what that means? It basically means that God will make sure that we enter into eternal life. God will make sure that that day when we die, we will be ready for eternity with Him. Because God started the work, and He will finish it. We've got that amazing doctrine called the perseverance of the saints. I, I firmly believe that Scripture teaches that God will preserve all of His children. And those who fall away by the wayside... And even when they die, they fall away. They've never been part of God's people. God will preserve His own. And He will give them eternal life. Jesus actually said, I will raise them up in the last day in John chapter 6. That's assurance. That's amazing. You and I can know that whether we live or whether we die, our lives are secure in Him. Because we are His handiwork. We are His workmanship. You see, beloved, God made us and He saved us for a purpose. He saved us, and this is what our text says, to do good works. And these good works He prepared beforehand that we as believers that we should walk in them. God predestined it long before we were even created. That there are certain things that God expects from His children. From those who belong to Him. And that those children of His, they should walk in a certain way that would please Him. And He predestined that. That's been declared. That has been uh, confirmed. That has been decided before the foundation of the earth. This is amazing. Uh, by the way, people will say, but uh, good, uh, how can I say, unsafe people can also do good works, can't they? Yes, they can. Anybody is capable of doing good works. The difference is, they still lost. And, and remember, their best works 
the best that they have to offer God is like filthy rags in his sight. Unacceptable to God. It cannot please him because it's done from a selfish heart. It's done from a sinful nature. It's done from a position of self-love and self in how can I say, enablement rather than in and through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that enables us to please God in whatever we do. You remember that verse in, um, or the verses in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And by the way, prophecy is a good thing, isn't it? So haven't we done a good thing by prophesying, proclaiming your word, declaring your words to others? Haven't we done that? Haven't we uh, prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? Isn't that a good thing? If demons are cast out of people so that they can live a normal life like other people, not being tormented by demons all the time, that's a good thing. So many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And Jesus will declare to them, I never knew you. Sad words, beloved. I never knew you, even though they were doing all these things in the name of Jesus. I never knew you. But then he says, you who practice lawlessness. You see, the reason why it's called lawlessness is because it wasn't done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't done from somebody who was saved. It was done by somebody who's not saved. And therefore, it is lawlessness. It is trying to be someone that you are not. God's people can do good works because it's the Spirit of God that enables them to do good works. Sinners can't. Beloved, everyone who are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ will do good works. That's what our text tells us. And the good works that they do will please God. God will be pleased when he, when he sees the good works that his children does. Now there are three things that we learn from Scripture about these good works that uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 talks about. That God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. And the first thing is we learn from Scripture that our good works are observable. It's visible. You cannot hide the good works that you do for the Lord. Remember, we're not doing good works so that we can uh, receive something from the Lord. We do it because we are obedient to Him. Okay? And because we are obedient to Him, we do it, and we do it with joy. It's a pleasure for us to do good works because we know it pleases our Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 25 says, Likewise, 
the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. You see, the people around us will see our good works. It's inevitable. They will see it. Because when God does something through us, it is always so opposite to that which the world does, isn't it? So it, it stands out. It is so clear. When the world looks at us, they say, but those people are different. What they do is different. See, because our good works will be observable. It will be visible. We can't help it because God is doing it in and through us. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, we read, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourner or sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. When they look at you as believers, I'm talking about, or Peter talks about the Gentiles, when the Gentiles look at you and they see what you do, they see those works that you are doing to the glory of God and for the for God's pleasure, if they see those things, they say, it can only be one thing. These people must serve the living Almighty God and they must be pleasing Him through what they are doing. See, our works will be clearly visible to people around us. They will see it. And if you think you can be one of those undercover Christians, think again. It's not possible. It's not possible. And the reason for that is our light shines in this dark world. Wherever we go. And if your light is not light, but your light is darkness, then it's not shining. And nobody will be able to see it because darkness cannot shine. It's only light that shines. And we are light in Christ. So we will shine. And how do we shine? It's not as if we have a little switch, you know, a light switch that we switch on and off. That's not what it is. It's our good works. It's what we do. That shows that we are people of the light. And the world can clearly see it because we are so different to the world. But our good works will also be visible to God. Because remember, there's nothing that we can do that God does not see. God sees everything. God knows everything. So when we do good works in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is visible to God. God sees it. And, and the wonderful thing about God is He awards it. Man. He, oh, He rewards it. That's the beautiful thing about God. He rewards the good works that we do in and through the power of the third person of the Trinity. He rewards those works. 
This is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. He says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. So it's about motive. No? Don't be motivated by the praise of people. Verse 2, Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. So even though you do that work in secret, man, that charitable deed, you do it in secret, you don't want people to see what will God do? He will bring it into the open. He will show it. Because remember, God is glorified when we do what is right. God is glorified when we do good works. Because he predestined us to do those works. Beloved, we must, when it comes to our motives and doing things before God, make sure that your motives are right. Right, so what we see in Scripture is that good works are observable, they're visible now. But we also learn from Scripture that our good works are influential. And I can use the same two passages that I used just now in Matthew chapter 5 or 16. Listen how influential our good works are. When we do good works in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and those works are completely different to the works of the world, it influences people. And this is what Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They see your good works, they glorify God the Father. And how? Why? Because they've been influenced by the good works that you've done. Same thing with 1 Peter 2 verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So what happens? I do good works. It's different to the works of the world. People see it even though they want to speak evil of me. They can't because the works that I'm doing are so clearly from God that they cannot do anything else but be influenced to glorify God and say, that is of God. All right, so Scripture teaches us, or we learn from Scripture, that our good works are observable, it's visible, and also influential, but we also learn from Scripture that our good works are never in vain. Never, ever in vain. Beloved, sometimes, I don't know if you feel like that at times, but there are times when you do good, and you do what is right, and you continue to do what is right, but you get tired. Because it feels as if it's in vain. You're just doing it. And, and it's, it, it's completely as if nothing is happening. 
And you kind of feel, should I just go on and on and on and on? Is there a point where I say, this is enough? Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Paul speaking to the Corinthian believers, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I, I think the thing that we miss is perseverance. I think really we, we lack perseverance. God never said, do one or two good deeds and that's it. Or do your one good deed a day and that's fine. No, we need to persevere. We need to continue to do what is right. We need to continue to do what is good to the glory of God. Never to cease doing it. But the wonderful thing is knowing that our works are not in vain. We, we might not know or want, we might not see what it accomplishes. That's for sure. But beloved, let me tell you, it's never ever in vain. Otherwise, God's word is not true. All right, so the scriptures teaches us that our good works um, are observable. They're visible, they're influential, and they are not in vain. So the question that came up in my mind is, when we talk about these good works, how do we walk in them? It's, a, it's an interesting way of, of the Apostle Paul speaking about this, to walk in good works. How in the world do you walk in good works? It basically means to do good works, no? to continuously do what is right, to continuously do what is good in the sight of God. We find a beautiful description of good works in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. Hebrews 13, verse 21, it says, may God make you complete in every good work to do his will. Oh, so we kind of See, to do good works are connected to God's will. No? So if you are doing good works, you are endeavoring to do the will of God. That's basically what you're doing. It's not just works that kind of, I'm going to do a charitable deed towards somebody or something else. It's, got, it's connected to God's will. So whatever God wills for us to do, that is the good works that we should be doing. Does it make sense? All right, so he says, make, you, uh, make God make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So those good works that Paul is speaking about in Ephesians is actually... Another word for doing God's will. For doing what God wants and not what I want. Or not doing what the world wants, but doing what God wants. 
It is to embrace everything that God has installed for me as revealed in his word. Because remember, it's in the word that we find out what God wants from us. Eh? So whatever is written in scripture, what God wants, his will revealed, those are the things that we need to do. And when we do them, we are doing good works. Beloved, God works in believers to do the things which pleases him. He adjusts our behavior. He shapes our lives to look more and more like Christ. He mends and restores and uh, repairs us to do his will. He works in us to do all those things which pleases him. Absolutely amazing. And how does he reveal it to us? Again, he doesn't use a new way. God is not doing a new thing. He does it through his word. He reveals it to us in his word. And as we read it in his word, we get to know what he wants us to do. And then we do it and we glorify him in doing it. And we please him in doing it. And that's why it's so important that we need to know God's word. So that we can know what we need to do to please him. See, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that God has already prepared every single believer to do good works. Everything that we have to do, God has already prepared it. It's done in advance. So what God's word does it is that God's word basically tells us what those good works are. And then God's word equips us to do them and it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to physically go and live it absolutely amazing now, as we study scripture and um, work our way through the word of God we will find out what those specific good works are that God wants us to do and we can then do it I remember when I was uh, called to Newcastle Baptist Church I was involved in missions and I remember I said there's two things that I would like to, the Lord to please do for me. He doesn't have to, but th those are the two things that I ask him, asked him very, very clearly. The one is that he has to show me in his word that he's changing my ministry or the, yeah, my ministry from missions to pastoral ministry. That's the one thing. And it has to be in context. It's not one of those, you know. Let's press my finger on a verse somewhere. That's not the way. It's while I'm busy studying God's word, God has to show me that this is him speaking to me in that specific passage of scripture. And then I said, and the second thing I asked the Lord is when uh, the congregation calls me, it must be, um, how can I say, 100% vote. Those were my, vo my words. And it was about a week before I had to give an answer. I can't remember exactly when. I was busy. Um, I love eschatology, so I was studying on the end times. And Matthew 24 just stood out. Matthew 24 from verse 45. And it was clearly that it was a change in ministry. And I knew that the Lord was sharing with me. He was speaking to me. And then when the church voted... 
uh, I remember Brother Tony came out, uh, Brother Tony Stolberg, and he came to um, out. He was in that doorway, and he said to me, "Wow, it was unanimous." And I just stood there, without an expression on my face, because in my mind, unanimous meant it was a majority vote. When in fact, it, and, and then he said, um, "I don't see any reaction." It was a 100% vote, and he used those words. Well, obviously, then I smiled. But, beloved, God's word is there to guide us, to direct our footsteps so that we can do what God wants us to do, guided by him and not by us. I'm not saying it's going to happen like that with everyone. I know of many missionaries who went into the mission field based on what they've read for example, um, the, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Pray the God of the harvest that he will send out laborers into his field. People have been listening to that verse, and they had this, this desire to go out into the mission field, and they would start praying, Lord, if you want me to go into the mission field, I pray that you start opening up doors and you show me where you want us to go. And the Lord leads and guides his people in whatever direction he wants them to go. So that they can do his will. Do the good works that he, God, appointed before time for us to do. It's not coincidence that I'm standing in front of you this morning. It's not coincidence that you are saved. It's not coincidence that there are people that are being persecuted for the gospel's sake. It's not coincidence God purposed it. So in answering the question, what are these good works? I believe the simple answer is, it's found in God's word. We sometimes want the easy way out now, don't we? We want somebody else to come and tell us what God wants. That's the easy way out. Instead of us spending time in God's word, time in prayer, time fasting, time seeking the Lord's face, asking him what he wants for my life so that I can fulfill his purpose and his plan for my life. But it's always found in God's word because God's word is God's final revelation to us. That's why you will always find us go, or finally go back to God's word. And that's why 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says it so beautifully. The importance of God's word in the life of a believer. Right, so what does it look like when we walk in good works? What does it look like? I believe firstly that when we walk in good works, you will see a pattern of good works visible in somebody's life there will be a pattern it's not just something that happens now and then it ha doesn't happen for a week or two weeks or three weeks and then it happens again no there will be a pattern of good works in the life of a believer and when a believer does that it means that person is walking in good works 
It is something that is visible in a believer's life all the time. Obviously, we do get tired. Uh, Obviously, we do get to the point where we are discouraged or we fall into a little bit of a depression or we just feel, it's not... It's not use it. I can say it's not worth going on. That doesn't change what God has said in His Word. That in the life of a believer, there should be a pattern of good works. James chapter 2, verse 26 says the following For as the body without the spirit is dead. I want you to listen very carefully. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. If a person's body doesn't have a spirit, that person doesn't live. That person is dead. You agree? Likewise, somebody that says that they have faith, but they do not have good works that goes along with that faith, that person's also dead. That person's faith is dead. Beloved, it's serious. How many believers do you know, or professing believers do you know, who walks around day in and day out, week in and week out, month in, month out, and their life hardly reflects any good works? Do you know believers like that? Professing believers like that? I do. I've seen them. And it's heartbreaking. Because scripture teaches us that there should be a pattern of good works visible in our lives. Titus chapter 2 verse 7 says, In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, um, reverence, and um, incorruptibility. But he says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. That's what a believer's life consists of. That's who we are. You see, Titus had to show a pattern of good works. uh, And it was proof that his faith was alive. So how will we know that one another's faith is alive? You will see a pattern of good works. It will be there. We can't hide it. Because it's visible. Even though Titus was a young man, all of his teachings would be useless unless he set a good example through his good works, which confirmed his word that he was preaching. Beloved, because our good works uh, can be seen and have an influence on others, we should be an example for others to follow. They should be able to follow the pattern of good works that is in our lives. So my question to you is, do you have a pattern of good works in your life? Is it visible? Can people see it? Second one, when we walk in good works, uh, we will be zealous for good works. And, and uh, we read it in Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from 
Um, every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Zealous. Are you zealous for good works? Do you have a desire to do what is right, what is good? Or have you become complacent? Have you become lukewarm? Third, when we walk in good works, we will always be ready for every good work. Listen to Titus 3 verse 1. It says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. You know the picture that I, I see when I, when I read this, uh, or I saw when I read this verse, is like a dog. Excuse the, the picture, but it's like a dog being ready to, to eat he saw her food, you know. Have you seen a dog that's really hungry? And, and you've got the food, but it's not there yet, so they can't eat yet, but you can see the dog is ready. If you're going to put that plate down, they're going to get, they're going to go for it. Are we that ready for good works? Are we always ready to, to look for an opportunity to do something that would please our Lord. See, we should be prepared and ready and using every opportunity that we have to do good works. We need to be ready at all times. And then fourthly, when we walk in good works, we should be careful to maintain the good works. In Titus 3, verse 8, we read, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Be careful to maintain good works. Beloved, it's something that we need to be very conscious about. Be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. If you want to do something that's good and profitable for you, then be careful to maintain good works. And to maintain it means ongoing. Eh? Keep going. Don't get tired. Keep it going. But remember, let me just throw it in here again, because people so easily fall into this work mentality eh? in the sense of trying to work their way into salvation or work their way into eternal life, work their way to heaven, work their way to try to please God when they can't actually because they're not saved. We do good works because we are saved, not because we want to be saved. So we need to be careful to maintain that word careful means to be basically think or to be thoughtful, to give attention to something. If you want to give attention to something that's good, give attention to good works. That pleases God.
Let me conclude. Beloved, God has prepared good works for each and every one of his children. There's no exception. All of God's people are included. He prepared good works for each one of us to do. For everyone who are in Christ Jesus. Only those who do good works pleases God. So make sure that you walk in good works to please God. There should be a pattern of good works visible in your life. We should be zealous for good works. We should be ready for every good work that we can do. Be ready to do it. And we should maintain good works. Beloved, remember, our good works are visible. And by the way, either your good works are going to be visible or your works that are not good are going to be visible. Something will be visible. Make sure that your good works are visible. And our good works are influential. It influences people. So do good works. And our good works are not in vain. Do it. Continue in it. And God will be glorified when we do the good works that he decided that we should do to please him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you this morning. Thank you, Father, that you are so straightforward and so clear in your word that you've prepared each one that are saved to do good works, to please you, to glorify you. And I pray, Father, for each one of us who are saved, that this burning desire will rise up in us, that we will become zealous for good works, that we will make sure that we do these works as they, the opportunities come, so that you may be glorified, and so that the world can see the difference between us as your children and those who are not saved. Thank you, Father, that our good works are supposed to be visible, observable by everyone. Thank you that others can see it, not because our motives are to be seen by them, but, Father, that they will glorify you as they see us do those good works. So the focus is still on you. Thank you, Father, that our good works if it's visible to you and you alone, that you bring it into the open so that your name once again may be glorified through our good works. Keep us faithful, Lord. Use us so that you may be glorified and you may find pleasure in us as your children. And I pray, Father, if there are anyone who 
do not know Jesus Christ as the personal Lord and Savior who has not put their faith and trust in him alone unto salvation, I pray that you through your spirit will work in them, that they too might be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. We look to you, Father, for you are our source of life. You are our source of our salvation. And you are our source of eternal life. Oh, Father, we, we thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. So, Father, as we go into this week, may each one of us who are saved that, um, may we do good works that will bring pleasure to you. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.